What's up, friends and family? Our life is about stewardship. How are you doing with it? This is episode number 46 of the Keep Moving Podcast. Here we go! Welcome to the Keep Reading Podcast, where we talk about real life and share real hope, one conversation at a time. My name is Jimmy Akers, and it's a pleasure to have the opportunity to share with you, be on this side of the microphone, and know that you are on that side of the speakers, headphones, whatever way you're listening, whether you're at home, at work, on an airplane, on a train, running around, chilling on your couch, riding a bike, man, it's just, it's a blessing for me to have the opportunity and a pleasure. I do not take this for granted, this opportunity to speak into your life in some capacity. I do pray that it adds value, and I'm just thankful. I'm thankful that you're there listening. Uh, this is not just to fill my time. This is intentional, and I'm excited to share with you today. I have a brief message clip that I'm going to share from a message I preached a couple months ago at our church. Just been praying about when to share it. Just felt like a good week to do that. And uh, this is episode number 46, so thank you so much for hanging out today, and man, I just, I'm excited to see how this can just share some hope with you today, maybe encourage you, fill your tank, refill your tank, maybe back up, and so yeah, we're going to jump into this, and before we actually share the message clip, I just got a couple things I want to share, kind of to intro this, so at the beginning, we talked about our life is about stewardship, and a long time ago, a podcast I used to listen to, they had it on the intro where there was a speaker that was sharing, and he was talking about leadership specifically, and my message kind of has a little bit of a bend to that, and so it felt fitting, but I remember listening to this over and over. Every time I would listen to a podcast episode on that show, um, it was the Exponential Podcast, and they would start it out with a couple different talks from people that had spoke at their conference, and one of the things was leadership is stewardship, and we're accountable for it. And so I just want to talk about that our life is about stewardship, and, and, and truthfully, we're all called to lead in some capacity. We, we wear various hats, and for some of you that are listening to this, maybe you have a spouse, maybe you have children, maybe you have a role at your job, you definitely have roles and positions in your family, your neighborhood, you might wear 10 different hats, right? And, and you're called to steward every single one of those. So just talking about stewardship, it's not a word that everybody uses all the time. But stewardship, it is a biblical, a biblical word, and what, what it basically refers to, and it's not just biblical, but what it basically refers to, it's, it's a job of supervising or taking care of something. When you are a steward, you are being entrusted with something. And so we can think about that when maybe if you rent a vehicle, right, or you rent a, a place to live, a house, an apartment, it's not yours, there are some limitations of things you can do with it, but at the end of the day, you have the keys, you are entrusted to take care of that thing, and if not, you will be held accountable for that from a financial perspective or legal perspective. Well, the thing is, is we don't always think about our life like that, but the truth is, is that every day that God gives us is a blessing, and the life he's given to us is a blessing, and we just come out of Thanksgiving, and I know for some of you, the holidays are hard. And so, you know, I just want to share this because the thing is, this season, Christmas, Thanksgiving, New Year's, it gets me super reflective 
of, man, how did my year go? What did I do with the year? And what am I looking forward to or believing for in the coming year? You know, and so for a lot of people, they talk about, you know, New Year's resolutions or goals. And a lot of people are just like, oh, whatever. Uh, None of that stuff's going to stick. None of it. But some of it does. And for some people, it is an opportunity to turn their life around and, and to get some things in place. And here's the thing. There are some areas of life, and I'll just speak for myself, there are some areas in my life where I feel like things are going good. There are some areas that it feels like things are going pretty well, but there are some areas that are not. There are some areas where there's a lot of um, hurt or brokenness, pain, whatever, Um, and there are some areas where it just needs some improvement. It needs some care, maybe. Maybe improvement could fit some of those scenarios, but for some it's just it needs some attention. It needs some care. It needs some intentionality uh, for some things to change. And I remember when I was coming through out of my divorce, I remember one of my counselors saying, "Nothing. there's no healing that takes place without intentional steps. And man, that's, that's so true. And I experienced that in a lot of areas of my life. But when we're talking about stewardship, we're talking about how are we doing with what we have uh, with our relationships, with our resources, with our health, with our life, with our jobs, with the things that God has blessed us with. And yes, I'm going to use that term. I know I have a lot of listeners that are not necessarily Christians or maybe you're still trying to figure this whole faith thing out. And listen, I am so glad that you are here. And you don't have to agree with me on this, but I just believe that good things come from God. <laughs> I just believe that good things come from God. And, and you know what? God can use the hard things and God can use our lack and he can use even the good things. But I, I just believe that, man, I'm thankful and I'm going to I'm going to honor God for the things that I have. Maybe I've applied myself. Maybe I've stewarded some things in my life well, which has given me other opportunities. But the, at the end of the day, I'm going to give God glory for having access to any of those things. And so, yeah, our life is about stewardship. How are you doing with it? Now, I want to I'm going to share a couple of thoughts. Uh, first, I want to share uh, something Uh, called the Wheel of Life. And maybe some of you have heard this. It's attributed to a well-known, I guess he was a writer. He was a speaker. He was a guy that was in sales. And I'm not, that's not necessarily my world, but it's kind of the self-development world, which I spent a lot of time hanging out there, listening to people, reading, just trying to get better, always trying to improve. Why? Because I believe that life is about stewardship. And so if I believe that, I want to be the best steward of the life that God has given to me. And so he kind of broke down this thing and created this thing years ago called the wheel of life. And all it did was take all the areas of our life and kind of break them down into uh, increments, kind of areas of focus in hopes that overall you would improve your life. And this is something that I've used for years to kind of set goals for the new year. And to be honest with you, I had some goals related to my vocational stuff uh, with ministry this past year, but I didn't have a whole lot of personal goals. And I'm changing that coming into this new year because in some ways I felt like there were certain moments throughout the year where I was just kind of getting by. And, uh, and I want to be more intentional, especially in the areas that I'm struggling in. And so I just want to, I'll read these to you real quick. Again, this is called the Wheel of Life. Attributed to Zig Ziglar. A lot of people take credit for it now. Uh, but here's just the areas that he had and the way he worded it. And none of these, they're not in, in, in order of importance, I should say. Because I would, I would, there was a couple of them here where I would say they should be number one, number two. And those being the spiritual uh, area of our life and our family. But I'm just going to read it from top to bottom in an order that I've seen them listed. Uh, career, 
financial, spiritual, physical, intellectual, family, and social. And so I've taken these areas of my life before, and I've said, okay, what are some ways I can work on these things? And uh, this is not I'm the, this is not a self help uh, podcast. Um, I'm just I just want to speak this into your life, and you kind of do with what you want. You steward <laughs> this information. But again, this wheel of life, um, and, and the reason why I wanted to share the wheel of life specifically is because I've heard it said, and I don't know who said this, that all of these areas, even though they're broken down into kind of chambers of the wheel, the circle, if you will, pieces of the pie, if you want to picture it like that, a pie, and the way they have them is seven. Some of other wheels of life have eight or ten different spaces, but the seven pretty much covers just about everything, um, and maybe they're a little bit different focus for you, but even if you work on certain one of these and you're doing really well and thriving, if this was an actual tire on your car, if this wheel were on your vehicle, and in one of the areas you were struggling and there was a leak or, or whatever that caused it to deflate, the truth is, is that you have a flat tire and every area is impacted by that. And so I just want you to think about that. Yes, it's important. We can focus on one thing. What's the next thing we're going to focus on to improve on? You know, it's nearly impossible, I think, to focus on seven things. But maybe throughout the year, you can have an emphasis on on each. And I'm not telling you this to go out and set goals. I'm telling you this to process this area of stewardship. How are you stewarding the career or the job that you have? How are you stewarding your resources financially? How are you stewarding your walk with the Lord, your spiritual life, whatever that looks like for you? How are you stewarding your physical health? How are you stewarding intellectually, you know, learning, uh, trying to continue to grow? How are you stewarding your family? How are you stewarding what you would consider to be your social life? And I don't just mean through social networks. I mean relationships outside of your family or spouse or kids or whatever. And, And those areas are all important, right? And if one area is suffering, you know, if your family, if you're struggling with a situation in your family, it's going to impact how you feel when you go to work, right? If you're if you're struggling financially, it's going to impact not only how you go to work, it's going to impact how you interact with your family, um, maybe your availability for your family because you have to work extra jobs to make up the difference, the stress attached to that. I mean, your spiritual health, if you're struggling there, it's going to impact all of these areas. But here's the reason why this matters. It doesn't matter so you can check a bunch of things off of a box or on a list or even on the chart. It matters because our life is a gift, and that gift is worth stewarding, and every part of our life is worth stewarding well. So our life is about stewardship. How are you doing with it? So I'm just going to read a couple of passages of Scripture, and then we're going to jump into this message clip. And this message it was called Leadership. And it was kind of in preparation for the transition for our church leadership from our senior pastor, lead pastor, to transition that role to another uh, new pastor that's been on staff with us. And But uh, I did the best I could to try to apply this to everybody's life. And it wasn't just the situation with our church leadership, but we are all called to be leaders in different areas, and we're all called to steward those areas. So we're going to jump into that in a minute, but I want to read a couple of passages of scripture that whenever I start to think about my life or how I've managed it or how I've stewarded it, um, <laughs> these these verses come to mind. And I've, I've heard somebody say the richest place on the planet is the cemetery because it's full of potential of people that did not steward their lives well. And so that's a challenge, right? Um, I think we all know somebody, if not ourselves, for sure ourselves probably too, but we know also somebody or, or some bodies 
that have so much more potential than what they're walking in. And that's probably true of all of us in comparison to God's perspective on us. But just a couple of passages. First Peter 4.10, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. So God, God has gifted me. God has gifted you, friend, to, to not just benefit for yourself. And there's, there is attachments to that and how you use your gifts, but to bless other people to serve other people, and that this is, in fact, saying, God, man, this is about you. Like, I, I want to honor you. And, in fact, the Word reminds us that we do all things as unto the Lord, right? So, man, we just got to think about that because the truth is, is you probably have some things that you can bring to the table that you're not there. You're not bringing them to the table for whatever reason. And so I just want to challenge you. Ask God to help reveal those things in your heart and how he can you bring those things out because we need what you bring to the table. 1 Corinthians 4.2, Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found trustworthy or be found faithful, depending on what translation you're reading. And this is referring to the spiritual things of God, but I think this is true about every area. Again, it's required of stewards that they be found trustworthy. God trusts us with things, and he trusts us because... He's called us to even greater things than we can think or imagine. How are we doing with those things? And then last but certainly not least, Luke 16, 10. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. Why? Because leadership is about stewardship. Our life is about stewardship. And my friends, how are you doing with this? This is interesting to me when I look at these areas some of them, man, I feel like things are going okay. Uh, career, you know, I, 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 a long time ago, I wrote on the back of a bulletin right after a dear friend, uh, his father was killed, and he was a friend to the, the gentleman that was killed in a gang initiation. And there was a bulletin at my church, and I wrote on the back of it and still have it in a box in my closet. And I said, God, if you will give me a job serving you and serving others, as long as I can take care of my family, I'll do it for the rest of my life. And my ministry stuff has looked different over the years, but I'm still being able to do that. And I'm so thankful for the way that God has provided for me to not only be a part of my church family, but work with the mission, all of our supporters. Man, to be able to serve God and other people and know that you're walking that thing out, right? And so I think for some people, their purpose comes from their work. And for some people, their purpose comes through their calling. And for some people, every once in a while, they get to intersect. I don't know why God gave me that gift for them to intersect. Maybe he just knew I wouldn't do it, steward it well if it didn't. And there's been times where I've worked regular jobs. But the thing that I found was because I was interacting with people, my calling was still in play. Because God called me to love others well. And he's called all of us to do that to some degree. But just the fact that I get to do that from a ministry vocational perspective as well as walk out my calling, man, what a gift uh, for that for me. Uh, socially, you know, the thing is, is that I can have a conversation with a light pole. <laughs> some of you are like me and some of you aren't. That's okay because God, God uses us all in unique and different ways. Um, but I'm sure there's probably some more intentional ways I can be a better steward of that with my family. You know, I, I try to be mindful of that. Um, I try not to be gone every night of the week, and in the ministry world, you can be. Um, I try to be intentional about time off and, you know, have some boundaries where I don't take a call at, at, at dinner. I haven't always done that well, but I'm learning intellectually. I'm always trying to learn. It's been a long time. I don't read well, uh, but I, I read a lot, but I don't read well. 
and I listen to stuff sometimes. I listen to a lot of podcasts and stuff. But my goal this year was to try to get from an intellectual kind of goal setting. I really wanted to get through at least 12 books this year. And not necessarily all ministry related, but just to try to continue to grow and expand my thinking and mindset and creativity. And, and I actually did. I've gotten through 13 books, and there's a chance that I, I'll get through one more before the end of the year. I'm thankful for that. Spiritually, I told someone the other day that I'm closer to Jesus than I've ever been. But part of that is because there's areas of my life that just need the Lord to help us. And it's keeping me close to Jesus. <laughs> so... I don't know that all those rhythms are great, but I don't know. I really do feel closer to the Lord than I have in a long time. Uh, man, my biggest one on here, if you've listened to my podcast for any amount of time, you don't even have to hear me say it, but physical, my physical health. It is the area I've struggled with the most and uh, definitely where the tire's flat. There's no question about that. And I'm, I'm really trying hard to get that joker filled back up and going in the right direction, but it's It's hard. The reason why this matters, my physical health matters, it impacts every other area. It's impacting what I'm able to do, how tired I am, and uh, and I want to go the distance, and I don't want this to be a hindrance, but I got to get this under wraps, and so this is my year. I really believe this is my year for it to not just take a, a couple steps, but some major, major, major steps. I'm trying to keep it in the foref- forefront. So, yeah, that's just the wheel of life real quick. And, and the thing is, is I don't know where, how those areas are falling in line for you, but if leadership is about stewardship and our life is about stewardship, how are you doing with it? And so this message from this leadership series that we were in, you'll hear me make a couple of references to the shift that's taking place in our local body that actually just happened um, this past Sunday, even though this message was from a couple of months ago. But especially coming out of Thanksgiving, I'm recording this today after Thanksgiving. This will show up in some of your subscribed boxes here soon this afternoon, hopefully, Lord willing. Some of you will find out about it next week via the email or social post, but it doesn't matter when you listen to this. Our life is about stewardship, and the thing about Thanksgiving, even though it's a very hard season for some people, and this Christmas holidays, all that stuff is is difficult for some people, even if things are not ideal, or things are not how you expected them to be at this stage in your life, and maybe you've lost some things or lost some people or whatever, your life is still about stewardship. And so when I was thinking about the things that I'm thankful for Thanksgiving Day, you know, the thing is, is that even in some of those hard things, I recognize that I still have plenty to be thankful for. And that's true of all of us, even if things, even if the bottom has dropped out, there, there's somebody that has it worse. And I'm not saying that just to, like, dismiss how you feel. Don't dismiss how you feel. But, man, gratitude really does change everything, and it helps us with our perspective. And so, and I talked a little bit about that on the last episode. But this message, we're talking about that how we lead matters and how we walk through life matters because it is about stewardship. So just before we jump into that, a couple of housekeeping things. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. So blessed to have the time to be able to share with you. I do pray again, I pray this adds value to your life, that you're better off, that maybe this is a breath of fresh air for you or gives you an opportunity to catch your breath with the Keep Breathing podcast being our theme. So thank you so much. If you haven't already done so, rate and review it, share it. Uh, about 70% of the people listening to this right now are listening via iTunes podcast. Uh, would love you to 
do that. Spotify listener, everybody that's listening, thank you so much. Um, but just if you're able to rate or review it, uh, please do that. If, if you can share it, share it with people. If there's a specific episode that you know somebody would be blessed by it, share that one episode. Let people know. It, it helps the algorithm for more people to find out about the show. We're continuing to grow for all of our OGs. Thank you for hanging out. For all of our newbies, thank you for being here. We are so blessed to have you. And again, as we talk about faith and scripture and prayer, God, all of those things, if that's not something that, that, that speaks of where you're at, it's okay. We're just glad to have you at the table. We're glad to have you in the conversation. I'm so blessed that you're here. And if I can help you navigate any of those things, I'd be honored to do that. If I can pray for you, I will be honored to do that. You can send me an email at whygoalone at gmail.com. Let me know how to pray for you. I'd love to pray for you, especially if this season of life is difficult for you. Man, let me know. Let me know how I can bless you, how I can be an encouragement to you. That would be a blessing to me. And last but certainly not least, I'm so thankful for our supporters that support us in the missions work that we do. If you want to continue to help us uh, to do that, to do this, uh, you can go to don'tdolifealone.com, click on the missions uh, page, and it'll take you right to my giving page for the mission. Would love to have you be a part of the work that we're doing and join our team of incredible people from all over the country uh, even a couple international. We're so blessed to have you today. And those friends of ours that are li listening across the pond, God bless you. Thank you so much. Regardless of where you're at, God is not limited by location, zip code, time frame. And I'm so thankful for that. I get so much out of podcasts. That's why I do this. Because I've been blessed by so many podcasts that have spoken into my life in these different areas when we're talking about stewardship, the wheel of life, all those kinds of things, goals, whatever you want to call it. And so that's why I do this. So thank you so much for being with us. And here is a clip of the message where we're talking about leadership and we're talking about stewardship. And again, our life is about stewardship. How are you doing with it? Jump in there. We're actually going to jump back to verse one in first Peter chapter five. I'm going to read a couple of verses there in that text. Up to verse 11. So you can go ahead and join me there. To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's sufferings, who also will share in the glory to be revealed. This is where Pastor Matt shared last week and closed his message. Be shepherds of God's flock, this is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve and not lording over those who entrusted you, but being examples to the flock. When the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. And in the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. And all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time and cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind because your enemy, the devil prowls, goes around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And resist him standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while will himself restore you, make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. The last couple of weeks, we talked about 
decisions or leader shifts that some leaders in God's word had taken or made or where God shifted them in the things that he called them to do. And in these leaders' lives, we can look at the way that they lived and try to apply some of the principles to our own life. And the thing about this text is that God's plan for our life, it, it doesn't just include a call for effective leadership, which we've talked about, or, or good leadership, but ultimately, God wants us to lead well under his leadership. Like, he's the, he is the leader that we're following after, right? He wants us to lead well under his leadership. And this passage of scripture, it's, it's not just calling for a particular type of leadership or a particular demographic of leader, except that we become God-led leaders, God-directed leaders, godly leaders. And here's the thing. We're not just talking about, when we're talking about leadership and when we're talking about leadership, we're not just referring to the leadership that's taking place at FCC that we've been working through for the last year that will eventually lead from Pastor Gary to Pastor Matt happening here. We're not just talking about appointed leadership. Uh, we're talking about leading well. And God's called all of us, regardless of our role, to lead well in Jesus' name. And we all wear different hats, right? Some of us are husbands or wives or brothers or sisters or moms or dads. And maybe you have different roles in your community, your different roles at your job, but your most important role, the most important hat that you will ever wear is the son or daughter of God. We're talking about leadership, God trusting us with the things that he's called us to walk with and to lead well in that. Colossians 3.17, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father through him. Just a couple of verses down from there, Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord and not for human masters. You, we are called to be leaders in our home. We're called to be leaders at our jobs. We're called to be leader, uh, leaders in our friends groups. We're called to be leaders in our community, but not because of a title and not, not because of stature and not because of accomplishments, but because... We follow Jesus. We're called to be leaders because he is our leader. We follow him. And that's why Jesus said things like this. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is like as you love your neighbor as yourself, and there is no commandment greater than these. We're supposed to lead in loving God first and loving our neighbor as ourselves. Matthew 5, 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others that may, they may see your good deeds and glorify your, your Father in heaven. We're supposed to lead other people to Jesus. They should see the things that we're doing in our life and be pointed to him. John 13, 35, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. We're supposed to lead the world by the love of God, that it should be tangibly expressed through our life in the way that we love other people. Luke 16, 10 is a reminder of all of this, that whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much, and whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. We are set apart by the way that we live. We are set apart by the way that we love. We are set apart by the way that we lead because we are set apart because of the Jesus that we follow. Our life is about stewardship. And we can and we should learn from whoever we can and live and lead differently 
because of that, because of who Jesus is in our life. And we see this in this first Peter text that we started this message with, and we're going to break this down. But today, when we're talking about our big idea, we're going to walk through these things, that godly leadership, God calling us to lead in a way where he's Lord of our life and we're following hard after him. Godly leadership looks up for direction, back with gratitude, down with compassion, and forward with hope. Godly leadership, number one, looks up for direction. Do we look up physically? Maybe. Psalm 121, beginning in verse one, I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. But I think it's more about looking above our circumstance, looking up above to something bigger, something greater, someone greater, God. Here in 1 Peter 5, when talking about taking care of the flock under our care, it reiterates in verse three that these are people that God has entrusted us with. The things that we have, God has entrusted us, whether it be relationships or resources or gifts that God's given to us. And here's the thing, if God gives us something or he gives us someone to take care of, this is amazing, he trusts us to do what's needed. But the thing is, we don't know what's needed all the time. He does. He knows far better than we do. We need to look up to him for direction. James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. And this is true when it comes to how you lead at your job or lead in some other kind of relationship that you're setting. It's how you lead your family, how you lead in your community, how you lead your neighbors. First Peter 5 addresses the need for all of us to walk in humility. We'll talk about that more in a couple of minutes. But we all need this because we need to recognize that even on our absolute best day, we still desperately need God to lead us. I know I do. And regardless of what I'm leading or even if I do something well to understand that some people sometimes will say something to me about, oh, like enjoyed the message or whatever. I promise you all the good stuff is God and everything else I'll take credit for. Like the good stuff is the Lord. Why? Because it's from him. God loves us and the good things come from him. Proverbs 16, 9, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Regardless of your position in life or situation in a particular struggle, godly leadership looks up to the Lord for direction. Godly leadership, number two, looks back with gratitude. Again, not just talking about directionally. First Peter 5, 5 talks about elders and younger people submitting to elders. And at first glance, if you've been in the church for any amount of time, maybe when you look at this and you hear the word elder, you think about church leadership elders. And that is true. But the thing is, is that some Bible scholars also believe when we're talking about elders here, that we're referring also to older people in the church community. When I was in the process of planting a church, and Pastor Matt shared this with me, same thing for him when he was planting his church in Chicago, that when I planted my church in Pennsylvania, there was this theme that was kind of running amongst especially younger church planters. And some of my friends that I love dearly in their church, they kind of adopted the saying. And uh, I always kind of had a hard time with it. And the saying was, this is not your grandmother's church. 
And maybe for some, it sounded kind of edgy, and maybe they were kind of trying to say, hey, we're going after younger people. We're trying to reach younger people that are far from God. And I think what they were actually trying to say is that, you know, this is, may not be a traditional church experience like you're used to. But I always had a problem with that statement that this is not your grandmother's church because my grandmother was the most full of faith person I've ever met. Like my grandmother loved Jesus so well. And the other day when we went to lunch, a couple staff members from our church here, we were going and somebody was talking about the six degrees of separation theory that talks about that typically there are five people connecting you to everybody else in the world. And when it came to Jesus, my grandmother didn't need five other people. She was a direct connection to God. So when I really needed God to do something, my grandmother, my grandfather was the preacher, but my grandmother was the one I would call. Another issue with the thought of not your grandmother's church is that without our grandmothers and grandfathers of the faith, we don't have a church. First Christian Church in Fort Myers was started in November of 1923. This November, that will be 99 years ago. And there is no, nobody in this room and nobody streaming online right now that was here worshiping God in November of 1923 at FCC. But because of them, we get to be here today. And I thank God for the elders and the older. Yeah. I thank God for the elders and the older, wiser generations that have become before us to build his church. There are people in this church that are in their 40s and 50s and 60s that have shared that for the last 30 or 40 or 50 years they've been here. There are people in our church that are in that age group that were babies when they first started attending this church. And we thank God for you and we look back with gratitude. Hebrews 13, seven says, remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. And the thing is, is you guys know me and you hear me and you're getting to know me. But the thing is, you need to understand I'm not me without some fathers and mothers and grandmothers and grandfathers in the faith. I'm a product of Pastor Chris Detrush. I'm a product of Pastor Cliff Ramsendar. I'm a product of Pastor Joe Strazeri. I'm a product of Pastor Kim Tefabach and Pastor Skip Lewis. But I'm also a, a product of fathers and mothers and grandfathers and grandmothers in the faith. Brother Joe and Diane Dugan, who made me feel seen for the first time as a very lost, suicidal teenager. And Pastor Rob and Michelle Murr, who have faithfully walked with me since I was a kid and still do. And Shannon Lewis, who invited me to a stage when I was 14 to sing and play music and speak. And I promise you, you would not have enjoyed me when I was 14 years old. But even the nights that I really, really messed up, I'll never forget this. I didn't share this in the first service. Um, there's a song called Jesus Freak by DC Talk back in the day. Some of you may know what I'm talking about. If you don't, you can Google it. But in the song, it was this, this transition where they went from contemporary Christian music to kind of this harder rock sound. But in the middle of the song, they had a rap. And the lead singer of my band was supposed to be there to do the rap one night. And the night we were going to do the song, and him and his girlfriend got in a fight, so he left. And I was determined that we were going to do the song, and I was going to do the rap. That was the first and last time I ever rapped, ever. And I love hip hop, but I was not made for that. But after that night, I said, I'm never going to step on a stage ever again. And at the end of the night, even though he was lying, Shannon come up and said, you did a great job. See you next week. But because he invited me and made space for me, 
It gave me the opportunity to be able to step into the things God's called me to do. And I could list names for days, but especially the elders of faith in my own life that even in my mess invested in me, they pointed me to Jesus. And for some of you, you know, I may not have your hairstyle or love your clothes and you probably don't like mine either, but you need to understand this. I want and need your faith and we want and need your faith and we, the body, need what you bring to the table. Proverbs 20, verse 29, the glory of young men is their strength and the splendor of old men is their gray head. Gray because of time and experience and wisdom. And you know, old is relative. It's kind of a joke on our staff. Pastor Gary started this joke himself, but it's actually kind of true. That he said that whoever are seniors are 20 years older than him. So he said when he was 40, seniors were 20 years older than him. And he talks about how good Becky does with our seniors ministry. She does an incredible job. But now that Gary's in his 60s, he said that seniors are still 10 to 15 years older than him. So that's the thing. Old is relative, right? It's a sliding scale. If you get on Gary's scale, you'll never be old. It's good. You're good to go. But listen, if you consider yourself older at all, I want you to hear this. Don't just hear from me. Hear it from us, the church. We need you. We are thankful for you. We don't just need you to warm up you. You help build the church, but we need you to help reach more people for Jesus. We need you to tell us your stories and keep talking about the goodness of God. Job's 12, 12 says, it's not wisdom found among the aged. Does not long life bring understanding? My grandmother used to say this all the time about the Bible. She said, if God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. <laughs> to the elders in the faith among us, fathers and mothers, grandfathers and grandmothers in our faith. We want to hear your testimonies, but we need to hear your faith. We need you to invest in our lives and continue to lead us toward Jesus. Regardless of how old you are, you're not done. We look up for direction and back with gratitude. Godly leadership number three looks down with compassion. First Peter 5 reminds us that God gives grace. He is the grace giver. I don't know if you've come to kind of experience this in your own life. It's a lot easier to process grace when I need it than it is to give it to somebody that I have a hard time that may not deserve it. But that's the whole point of grace. We don't deserve it. God is the grace giver. And he doesn't just give it because we deserve it. He gives it because he's good. And Jesus reminds us of this. Matthew 25, verse 40, the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So again, back to that concept where we talked about whatever we do, we do it as unto the Lord. Here, Jesus takes it a step further. He doesn't just say unto the Lord, you are doing it unto me. You are doing it for me. So when we serve and love those that are hurting, we are serving and loving Jesus. It's good to not live in captivity to our past, but it's also good to remember where God brought us from. None of us are better than anybody else. Romans 3.23, that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And we can extend grace and forgiveness because God extended that to us. And we didn't just figure this thing out on our own. And some of you that may be in this room or joining us online, this whole faith thing may be new to you. And you're like, man, I don't know where to find a lot of stuff in the Bible. And I don't know how to process all this stuff. None of us did. It's a process, and God loves us. We didn't figure it out on our own. 1 John 4, 19, we love because he first loved us. 
He first loved us. And in our world and in our culture, and especially with social media, we can get caught up in this comparison game. And this is attributed to Theodore Roosevelt that comparison is the thief of joy. The thing is about comparison, it's also a liar because we compare our life to someone else's highlight reel, which is just a a facade. And the problem is with that is we set the bar on what's good based off of other people or what they haven't accomplished. So I can look over and say, I don't got all my mess together, but that guy is, he's messed up. Like I'm not, I'm not where he is, right? But here's the thing. That guy's not the bar. Jesus is the bar. He's the one we look to. That's why scripture reminds us that our righteousness is this filthy rags. We can't do this on our own. We look up for direction back with gratitude because he first loved us. We too can love and look down with compassion. And last but certainly not least, godly leadership looks forward with hope. And forward not just directionally, but to the future beyond us. You know, 1 Peter 5 gives instruction to younger people and instruction to older people, both. Without the elders in our faith, we're not here today because we didn't have a yesterday. But without investing in children and teenagers and young adults and young families, we don't have a tomorrow. Psalm 8, 2, out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength. Matthew 18, 3, and he said, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And sometimes older generations are frustrated by younger generations because they don't do things their way. But younger people are frustrated because they don't understand why older people value certain things. And sometimes we hold people accountable for things that they don't even know, that they don't even understand. And understand this, that not every child has God-loving parents or grandparents. And people come up in all different kinds of environments. And older saints have a need for patience and respect. But younger saints need more love and investment. You know, Connection Point, early learning center that Laura leads. Our children's ministry that Alicia leads. Our students that Justin leads. And young adults that Carrie and Tyler Mitchell and the Meredith invest in. They're not just incubators for time to pass. They are God-given mandates from heaven to steward. And we're responsible. we got to be accountable to that. And future families will be with Jesus one day because some of you have held babies in the nursery or make crafts with toddlers or jump around with elementary school kids or play basketball with teenagers or grab a young adult and spend time investing in them. Let's make heaven crowded. The thing about this reminder from Peter here is this isn't an either or. We're not supposed to value older people above younger people or younger people above older people because every person matters to Jesus. And he loves us and he loves you. That's why it never bothers me when I hear a kid or a baby crying in the sanctuary. It never bothers me because all I hear is hope in our future. I hear life. Church looks different all around the world. And, you know, the truth is, in most cultures, Outside of America, church does not look quite like church does here. What I mean by that is they don't have large buildings with multiple rooms, with air-conditioned, padded pews, and even bathrooms. In most cultures, children and adults actually worship together. And here's the thing. I love the fact 
that we have age-specific messages and appropriate experiences for kids and teenagers to learn the word of God and process faith together. But the thing is, we also need to do this amongst ourselves. We need to grow. We need to invest. We need to listen. We need to learn from each other. We need to be thankful for both and steward both well. And I want to say this to any children, youth, young adults, or younger, younger people or parents of such that you read this. First Timothy 4.12. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech and conduct and love and faith and in purity. And I want to say this to our younger generations, especially parents and grandparents. You need to understand this. You can speak this into those that you've been entrusted with in your own family to say that you're not the church of tomorrow, but you're the church of today. And if you're waiting for your turn, you can trust God's timing. You can talk to some of the people with gray hair around you about God's timing. First Peter 5 reminds us that humility it makes such a big difference because when we humble ourselves, God will lift us up. Psalm 75, 6 reminds us the promotion comes from the Lord. And younger people understand this, that you are loved, that we believe in you, that we need you. Because of the amazing thing that God is going to do in and through you, we can look forward with hope. Life and leadership are about stewardship and we're accountable for it. Talk about a leadership, the creator of the world. As Ephesians 2.10 says, he created us to do good things. He created all of us to do good things. And he entrusted us with our time and our talent and our resources and our relationships to be stewarded for his glory. And godly leadership looks up for direction, back with gratitude, down with compassion, and forward with hope. And our takeaway for today is if whatever one of these things that you're struggling with the most, ask the Lord to lead you and put work in on that thing. Whatever that thing is. If you're not seeking God for direction first, and yes, the order matters, that can change today. That can change right now. And if Jesus is not Savior and Lord of your life, he's ready when you are. And we'd love to have that conversation with you. And if you struggle to look back with gratitude, maybe because of painful moments back there or painful memories with people that are a part of your past or older than you, I encourage you to find somebody else that's older than you and maybe they weren't a part of your past, but they've had a past and they can still teach you something. If you struggle to extend grace to any particular person or, or a people group because of where they're at, let God correct your heart because there is no one too far gone for God to love or to use. If you can't see any value in investing in young people, figure out a way to do it anyway because kids are amazing. And even if they're not your cup of tea, they don't know how to make a good cup of tea. You gotta teach them. Godly leadership looks up for direction, back with gratitude, down with compassion, and forward with hope. In our life, in our leadership, regardless of our role, not just in the church, but in life, period, it's about stewardship. And whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your love for us, your patience, your grace. We thank you so much for those that have come before us that we can be thankful for, those that have come before us that are right here that we can learn from. God, I pray for strength and grace to flow from all of our brothers and sisters that would consider themselves to be Older, to have something to share, to have something to teach. And God, for younger people, Lord God, to understand that they have something they bring to the table, but they also have much to learn. We have much to learn, God, all of us. Help us to humble ourselves and to walk in that humility in a way that's pleasing to you, Lord God. 
God, for our leadership to be effective, for our leadership to be good, God, but for it to be godly, God-pleasing, God-led. We can look up to you, Lord, for direction. We can look back with gratitude, down with compassion, and forward with hope. God, we thank you so much. We can trust you with our needs, God. You've trusted all these things to us. Help us to be good stewards of those. We love you, and we thank you for today and your word. In Jesus' name, amen.